Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundation Church, happy 15th, right? Like, that's a big moment. Um, so... If this is your first time, good thing. You couldn't pick a better Sunday for this to be your first Sunday because we're not going to talk about all that's happened, right? So that's what a lot of people do. And our, our past has been nothing short of phenomenal. And I just want to thank. <clears throat> I saved this for second service. Um, uh, but I want to thank all of you for being the best church. Um, it is a privilege to pastor here. Um, and I love, love, love what God has done. In the last 15 years, the life change we've seen, um, some of you coming, like Nate Gormley, um, friends with an ex-drug addict and drug dealer, so it's really cool. Um, so, um, but there's been so much that has happened since 2008, and if you don't think 2008 sounds that long ago, that means you're old. Um, I'm just going to let you know. Um, there's a lot that has happened. So let me give you just a, a, a few things, a few trends, inventions that has happened since 2008. Since 2008, there was dabbing, there was flossing, right, and the Gangnam Style dance. Um, since I don't, I'm not doing Gangnam Style. Um, since... 2008, the Harlem Shake was uh, around. There was a trend. The ice bucket challenge trend happened. And whether the dress was blue and black or white and gold was all the internet and social media sensation, right? You guys remember that. Uh, Speaking of social media, TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram have all been launched since 2008. Um, Since 2008, the invention of the iPad came out. Um, 2007, the iPhone was invented. Words with Friends has come out since 2008. Fidget spinners and Farmville were created since 2008. Uh, Since 2008, Sketcher shape-ups have been invented. How do I know? There may be signs, but um, I just know. Um, Since 2008... Rainbow, rainbow loom bracelets were a must. Every guy wore affliction shirts because they thought they were a UFC fighter. And women wore scarves that covered their entire body. And women continue to dress like Han Solo every fall. Tall boots, vest, and a blaster. Bam, right? Like, it's coming out. It's coming. It's coming. It's September. You've been waiting for them boots. I know. Since 2008, cryptocurrency has come about. We've gone through the Great Recession. We survived swine flu. That was a close one, right? Came out of a global pandemic called COVID. All this and way, way more has happened since 2008. But what also has happened in the last 15 years, more on a serious note, is that we as a society and we have, as a culture, especially in the United States, have become easily offended. We've become sensitive. Um, if somebody says something that we don't agree with, Um, we become a hater, a bigot, and intolerant. Um, Now more than ever, there's a lot of fear, a lot of divisiveness, more than any other time in history. Um, As a culture and society, we call right wrong and wrong right, and we don't really believe much of anything is a sin, and as a result, the church has become timid, 
afraid. And as a result of that, for the first time in our nation's history, the overall church in the United States is shrinking instead of growing. And for many churches, they have become irrelevant. They don't stand for truth. They don't love like they should. And they don't focus on what matters. But Foundation Church, that has not been us. That not is not what we are. And that's not what we will become. That's not our history, that's not our present, and that's not our future. We're gonna stay focused on what matters. And when we started Foundation Church, there was two guiding scriptures that really um, led me. The first part is Philippians 1.28. The first part of that says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Don't be intimidated by those who hate the church, by those who hate the truth, by those who hate the scripture, by those who hate what God wants to do. We're not going to be intimidated by a culture, but we are going to be what Jesus called us to be. We are going to be a city on a hill that will not be hidden, that when it's the most, when it's the darkest, we're going to shine the brightest as a church and as a followers of Christ. The Bible also says, Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Don't fear evil. Don't be intimidated by evil, but focus on doing good on a consistent basis. We're not going to gripe about the world we're in. We're going to change the world that we're in. We're not going to complain about the world we're in. We're going to transform the world that we find ourselves in. That's the job of the church, and that's what we're going to do. So let me share what also has happened since 2008. On September 7, 2008, Foundation Church held its first service at Memorial High School. How many of you were there? Wow, like three of us, cool. Um, that's really cool though, think of that. Um, held its first service at Memorial High School with 186 attending our first service and then a whopping 104 attending our second service. We went the wrong way. Um, we started during the financial recession and grew during the COVID pandemic. We have a goal to run 1,500 people by the end of 2024. As of two weeks ago, on July 27, 2023, we had just over 1,200 people in attendance. We have a goal to see 700 people serving in ministry by the end of 24, 2024. We have 450 of you serving right now. We have a goal to see 50 connect groups launched by the end of 2024. Right now we have 36 connect groups that are alive and active where people are finding community. Foundation Church, since 2018, you have started 50 churches, 54 churches in Africa that are averaging 100 people each. That is 5,400 people's lives that are changed because a church in Tulsa decided to focus on what matters. You've built nine schools and four playgrounds in Kenya. You are sponsoring 46 teachers in Uganda. That's four schools worth of teachers that's enabling teachers to have consistent pay, make a living, and enabling children to get an education, most of whom don't have funds to pay to go to school. On a weekly basis, we see the lost become found. We see the addicts become free. We see marriages healed. We see families restored. Can I tell you, it's been an awesome 15 years, FC. It's been amazing. And what I love is that as great as it's been, can I tell you, we're just getting started. I feel like my grandma when she would cook in the kitchen, right? And she'd say this phrase, and now I understand it. She'd go, now we're cooking with grease, and she kind of swagger a little bit, just kind of move it. When the pans got hot and the bacon started making grease, now I'm cooking with grease. Now we're, can I tell you, we're just getting started. We're not cooling off. We're warming up as a church, and we are cooking with grease finally, right? Like, there's more we have 
to accomplish. And people will come up to me and say, oh, Justin, you've done, done such a great job um, with what's going on in Foundation Church. And I stop them immediately because hear me, this is not the Justin and Crazy Graves show. I can't even say our names right. This is not the Justin and Casey Graves show. This is not the staff show. This has always been not a me thing. It has been a we thing. And my goal as a pastor, it's not to be a celebrity. It's not to be some spokesperson, some talking head. We don't need more celebrity pastors. We need people that are putting Jesus at the forefront of what's happening at Foundation Church and in the church so people's lives are changed. And this has been a we thing that we have seen happen in Foundation Church. All the time, I, I will meet with people and it's just been amazing. And they're like, so how did this all happen? And here's what I will tell you. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize something. I mean this, it has been because of the Lord. Um, what has happened here is simply because the Lord is in the middle of it. And the Holy Spirit is empowering us and equipping us to continue to build his church and his kingdom instead of our castles. And Foundation Church, another reason this has happened is because you have been a church that focuses on what matters, on what really, really matters. You've stayed a church that is focused on being a church and a mission and a hospital instead of a country club and a place where people have to fit in. They could come in just as they are and people are going to love them instead of judge them. Listen to me. If you're here today and you're like, oh, I'm not sure about that, they're gonna hear truth. If you've been coming to Foundation Church, you'll know I preach the whole Bible, the hard parts of the Bible in love. But hear me, our job as a church is to love people as they're coming in so Jesus Jesus can change people. It's his job to change them. It's our job to love them so that lives are transformed and changed. And that's what the church has to be about. And that's what we have to focus on because every church has to fight the tendency to become inward focused. We, we, every church has to fight the tendency to focus on what doesn't really matter. A few years ago, I started swimming um, because I'm getting too old to jog. It starts hurting my knees and that means I'm getting old. I get it, I get it. Um, and I started jogging, in the, I mean, I started swimming and the first time I started to swim, I didn't have any goggles. And so I would just be in the lane and like there's tons of chlorine in it. I've got contacts in. The water's getting in my eyes. I'm bumping in these dividers that separate the lanes. I'm bumping into people. People are looking at me like, what are you doing, idiot? And I'd be like, I'm sorry. And it happened again and again and again because I couldn't see where I was going. There was too much water in my eyes. I was drowning. And then I got some of these bad boys, right? I got some goggles and I put these bad boys on. Oh yeah. Imagine this shirtless right now. Don't imagine this shirtless right now. That's not this sermon. I'm trying to buckle it. Where's it at? Where's it at? Come on. You can tell I swim all the time. I've got these bad boys on. I would get up to my lane. I'd slap my arms like Michael Phelps. Ready to go. And you know what happened? These things, these things kept the water out of my eyes. It enabled me to see not just where I was, but where I needed and where I wanted to go because it kept everything else out of my vision. And can I tell you, Foundation Church, we had to have a goggle type of vision when it comes to being the church God has called us to be. 
And that way that we do that, there is a scripture in this, there is a verse that helps us to have a goggle type vision and keep all the distractions and all the things out of our peripheral and out of our vision so that we can be a church that focuses on what matters. Philippians chapter one, verse nine through 10 says this. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. I love this. When I read this, those, that passage for I want you to understand what really matters jumped off and Paul is telling the church in Philippi this. He's saying, man, here's what I want. Here's my prayer for you. Isn't that you would live life chasing after things that don't matter. Isn't that you wouldn't live your life in a way that doesn't matter. But I pray that you understand what really, really matters. And man, that's my prayer for you as a pastor. That's my prayer for you as a fellow follower of Jesus Christ. As that you would live your life in a way that really really matters, that really makes a difference, that really makes an impact. This isn't just a me thing, this is a we thing that you and I are called to do, that we are called to live our lives in a way that really matters. Because here's the simple truth, I meet with so many people I mean, with so many individuals, they have the vacations, they go on the vacations, they got the car you could dream of, the house you could dream of, they got the backyard you could dream of, they wear the clothes that you wanna wear, and can I tell you, their life is empty, it is hollow, they are miserable, because they are chasing after things that don't matter. They've made their life over all this stuff that doesn't matter, that they thought would fulfill them, that would make them feel important, that would bring meaning, that would bring fulfillment, and they are empty. It reminds me of the quote that I've heard so many times is that I climbed the ladder of success only to get to the top to realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. Some of us, that's us. My prayer today as your pastor is this, that you would understand and you would live your life for something that really, truly matters. That when you get to the end of this life, you don't have regrets, you don't come to this place and say, man, I wish I could go back and do it different. But you come to the end of your life and the end of your days and say, man, I lived it with purpose. I lived it with meaning. I understood what really mattered and I lived my life in that way. So if we're gonna live our lives in a way that really matters, can I tell you, we have to live our lives for things that really matter. If we're gonna live our life in a way that really matters, we've gotta live our life for things that really matter. So let me give you three things that really matter. The first one is this, loving others matters. Loving others matters. Mark chapter 12 says this, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And so this is what I love about this. We kind of make the second commandment second place, right? And if you're not first, you are last. Thank you, some of you, Ricky Bobby. Thank you, Ricky Bobby theology right there, right? And, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. There's not a first and second. There's a first and a first. 
And Jesus is saying, this isn't second place to what I've told you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. No, the, the second one is just as important. You've got to love one another. In fact, he says this in John 13. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. Oof. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What's gonna prove to the world that we are followers of Christ? Not your Christian t-shirt, Lord's Gym, bench press this, right? Not that one. Not the big Bible you carry around, not because you checked in on social media to foundation church. None of that's gonna prove to the church that you are a follower of Christ. It is all based on how we love one another because loving one another, that's what really matters. And Jesus said this, that you would love one another as I have loved you. Not as you feel like loving others, not as your mama loved you, some of you, your mama needed to love you a little bit more. Um, not as your mama loved you, not as your dad loved you, not as your spouse loved you or how they deserve to be loved, but love one another as I have loved you. And here's what I've come to understand. The better I get at loving Jesus, the better I get at loving others. If you have a problem loving others, can I tell you, you're not loving Jesus enough. It's true. Well, some of us are like, well, I don't agree with that. Okay, well, let's go to the Bible. First John chapter four says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love doesn't know God for God is love. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Like, come on, John, woo. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Can I tell you, life is too short for you to let unforgiveness occupy any of your time. And God's saying this, man, life's too short for you to let unforgiveness run your race. Loving others, it matters. It really, really matters. So this means this, you're gonna have to love people you don't like, right? and who don't like you. I'm really good at loving people who don't like me because it makes it really awkward, right? I'm like, hey, what you doing, right? Like, I'm like, hey, I know you do not want to see me and don't want me to talk to you, so that's why I'm doing it, right? Like, I love that. I hate having to love people I don't like. Some of you are like, you don't like people all the time. And it's really hard for me to love people I don't like. Loving as Christ has loved us means this, that you love people who are OU fans. It's true. You love people who are OSU fans, and you even love Texas fans. I know. I know. Some of you are about to leave the church. I understand. Blasphemy. You love those that are closest to you, and you love ones that have distanced themselves from you. You love those you see every day, and you love those you can only handle seeing every once in a while. The holidays are coming. You love those who don't go to church, and you love those you see at church weekly. You love those who, you, you love those who have benefited and enriched your life, and you love those who have hurt and deceived you in life. You love those who are your best friends, and you love those you have had a falling out with. You love your kids, your spouses and grandkids, and you love those who have talked about your kids, spouses, or spouse, and grandkids. 
Love those who deserve it and love those who don't deserve it. Love those who follow Jesus and love those who don't believe in Jesus. Love those who vote like you and love those who vote opposite of you. Love those who you can't wait to talk to and love the people you don't want to talk to. Love those who are pleasant to be around and love those you can't stand to be around. Love those who build you up and love those who who tear you down. If you all want to live life in a way that matters, you got to live it, not just loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but we've got to learn, no matter the hate, no matter the divisiveness, no matter the politics, that your relationship with Jesus Christ takes front and center of your life, and we learn. Learn to love one another like Christ has loved us because that's living life in a way that really, really matters. That's living life in a way that really matters. And that's being a church that's focused on what really matters. What else matters? Number two, staying focused on and investing in the next generation. Hear me, church, they matter. Staying focused and investing in the next generation because they matter. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 14 says this, and they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. He got hacked off. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. What's happening back in in the Jewish culture, kids were seen as a nuisance, And so these parents are bringing their kids around so that Jesus can bless them and be in Jesus' presence. And the disciples are doing what most adults would do. You keep children away from important people, right? And they're shooing all these kids away. And Jesus gets mad. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm here for them. right? I'm here because the kingdom of God belongs to them and those with childlike faith. And there's a study from Barnum that says this. That 77% 77 of Christ's followers accept Jesus before the age of 21. Let that sink in. 77% of people who become Christians and followers of Christ do so before they turn the age of 21. That translates into this. Kids ministry, student ministry, and college ministry have to be a big deal. They can't be an afterthought. It has to be a huge deal in the church, right? It can't be something that is overlooked, but it's something that we do with excellence because I'm passionate and I am intentional about the next generation and foundation church. There's way too many churches and there's way too many people and way too many adults complaining about the next generation instead of equipping the next generation, griping about the next generation instead of reaching the next generation. And that will not be us. We're going to be a church that focuses on what matters. I meet with pastors, especially church planners, um, who ask me, like, what are we doing and how's it going? And I talk about our kids' ministry and our student ministry, um, our college ministry that is really, really new, just took off the ground this past week. I'll talk about it in just a second. And I'm like, man, this is, it's going so good. It's so big. And I had one pastor about a month ago say, but Justin, that's not profitable, I'm going to talk to these people over here because I'm used to making you mad. Um, so I was like, what? And man, I got, I got so angry. I got so mad. And I'm like, when do we start running a business instead of a church? Right? Like, when did, when did we start running a business instead of a church? And hear me, Foundation Church, we are unapologetic about reaching the next generation. Can I tell you? Here's the simple truth. All the kids down there, man, they cost money. 
Those little kids, their offerings suck. They're horrible. Most of the time they keep it. You did too, right? You're like, man, they're not even paying for their own snacks. Give me those goldfish back, right? Like, come on. Foundation Church, we've got to invest in the next generation because that's the future of the church. I tell you, our teenagers are meeting here every Wednesday night at 6.30. The doors open Wednesday night. Parents, if you don't have your teenagers here, you're missing it because there is a movement that is happening with our teenagers. Right now, the teenagers all the time are over at my house. And you know what they're doing a lot of times, not every Friday night and not every Saturday night, but on a regular basis, our high schoolers are getting together and they're meeting on their own and they're doing devotions together on their own, right? On a Friday and a Saturday night. Can I tell you, man, there's a movement that is happening in our teenagers and parents, if you don't have your teenagers here at 630, you have lost your mind. Because it's hard enough being a parent of a teenager, but they don't want to go. My kid doesn't want to go to school, but they still go because that's what's best for them. And if your kid is going to grow up into a mature follower of Christ, it's really hard to do that when they're absent of church. So be their parent and not their buddy and not their peer, not the one they like. It's a lot better. Because if you'll do that, they'll like you a lot more. I'm about to do a whole parenting series right now. Can I tell you? There's a great thing that's happening in our student ministry. Are their offerings any good? Nope. Do they cost a lot of money? Yep. You know what they also do? They tear a lot of stuff up. But they're worth it every time. This past Wednesday night, our, our young adults, our college students and young adults had their first uh, college night. It's the first Wednesday of every month from 9 to 11 p.m. here in this place. Um, and they met here from 9 to 11, about a little over 70 of them. And they were here from 9 to 11, worshiping the Lord, lifting them up, seeking God's face. And man, God met them and came down in this place. And it was awesome to see, awesome to hear, awesome to see what's going on. We did ink snow cones. They hung out for forever. They were throwing snowballs at one another. It was awesome to see. You know what? They don't have money because they're a college student. They're on a diet of ramen noodles and crappy cafeteria food. But can I tell you, it's worth investing in the next generation because they're the future of the church. And because of that foundation, church, we are going to invest and we're going to be unapologetic about reaching them, and I want to introduce you to the next campaign. Check out this video. Step into a journey of transformation as we unveil the future of Foundation Church through the next campaign. value of seeing the lost become found applies not just to this generation, but the next generation as well. Our goal when we moved into the new facility was to outgrow it. That goal is now a reality. The next big step for FC is creating a larger space that sparks creativity, community, and growth for Christ with kids and students alike. This endeavor goes beyond construction. It's about investing and inspiring in what really matters, the next generation's relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us in this exciting venture 
as we lay the foundation for our world's future. In 15 years, we've never done a building campaign for just the next generation. Why are we doing this? Let me give you the why, because if I'm you, I'm going, okay, why are we doing this? We are doing this because I love building campaigns. Um, they don't stress me out. They are super fun to just talk to and have my, no, I hate building campaigns. Can I tell you why we're doing this? Because we had a vision, we had a goal to be passionate about outgrowing this building as quick as possible, and that is happening on Sunday mornings. Can I tell you, the FC Kids area is overflowing with kids, and if you don't believe me, go volunteer. Like, go, go have at it, and you'll be like, I will give you $50,000 right now to build this building because I'm not going back there, right? Like, it is awesome that the next generation is being reached. I had a kid come up to me two weeks ago from FC Kids, and he goes, are you the pastor here? And I'm like, that's what they say. And he came up, and he said, this is the coolest thing I've ever been to. I've never been to church before. Can I come back next week? And I said, you bet it, buddy. You keep coming. He goes, I can't wait. It's the best part of my week. Can I tell you, Foundation Church, that's what the church has to be. It has to be their get-to instead of their have-to. And that's why we are expanding, and we are doing this next campaign to reach the next generation. Right now, there's not a space for our teenagers and our college students. There's not a designated space. That's why we're not just building classrooms. We are building a student center that will be used on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, and Wednesday nights again when the college meet. It's going to look like a 200-seat mini auditorium like this does. LED screen. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great, and it's going to be theirs. Why? Because the next generation that's what really matters. I've never regretted investing in the next generation. I've never regretted investing in God's kingdom, but I have always regretted not. I have. So what am I asking? What's my big ask today, right? What, 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 what are we going to? When you came in, hopefully you got this card, right? Called the next campaign. And I'm asking you to do a two-year campaign because it's gonna take two years to build. Some of you are like, what? I know, we need it now. We'll make adjustments, okay? Um, if we gotta go to three services, we'll go to three services. But we, we need your help. I need you to make a two-year pledge, and not, I'm gonna give $5 million. If you can do it, awesome. Come see me afterwards. I got all kinds of things I want you to build. Um, but <laughs> I need all of us to be a part of this. Not just some of us. Why? Because this this really matters. The next generation really, so, so let's put our mouth, or let's put our money where our mouth is, right? Let's put up or shut up. Let's, let's not gripe about the next generation if we're not willing to invest in the next generation. Some of you may be like, but I don't have a kid. Guess what? My kids aren't gonna benefit from this very much. In two years, my daughter, is my youngest daughter's graduating from high school. In two years, my oldest daughter is a junior at ORU. She'll get to enjoy it for about two years. Why am I investing in this for your kids, for your grandkids, for the next generation? Because whether I have a kid in it or not doesn't change the fact that this and them and those teenagers and those college students, they matter. They matter. They really, really matter. And we've got to be a church that is focused on what matters. So if you can turn this in by October 1st, Man, that would be awesome as we will give you our total of where we are. So let me give you one more thing that matters. One more thing that matters. Staying passionate and intentional about making Jesus famous, can I tell you that matters? 
Not making the church about a pastor, not making the church about the church, but making the church about Jesus, it matters. We have a goal to see 60 churches built by the end of 2024 in in Kenya and in Africa. Can I tell you, we're already at 54 or 56, something like that. We're gonna meet a 2024 goal by the end of 2023. So what are we gonna do next? What are we gonna do next? We're gonna build 100 churches by the end of 2025. It's got a nice ring to it, right? Why? Because making Jesus famous and allowing people to know who Jesus is and what he can do in their life, that matters. And it doesn't just mean that we make Jesus famous to the ends of the earth, but it's also got to be right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Don't take for granted what God is doing in this place. The people are raising their hands and lives are being changed. Can I tell you, just last month, we had a lady that was an atheist her entire life, never knew what the Bible was, never read the Bible. Her parents, for punishment, made her go to church instead of keep her from church. And she came to a sermon where I'm talking about sucking toes. And she said, that's one of the funniest things I've heard And if Christianity can be fun and life-changing, this is for me. And she went to our new believers class. She prayed the prayer of salvation. She's getting in the word. Life change is happening right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Two weeks ago, we had baptism after baptism. We had people that were recovering addicts who lost everything, who lost their kids, who lost their home, who were, who were homeless, getting baptized because the dead are coming back to life again, right? Right here in Oklahoma. Why? Because Jesus Christ that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he can change a homeless man's life. He can change an addict's life. He can change a person who's had an affair's life. He can change a greedy person's life. He can change a mean person's life if we will just keep him at the front and center of what we are doing because making Jesus famous matters. In fact, Jesus said this, Luke chapter five, verse 30. He said, and the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? I've been to that church. Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, of a physician but those who are sick. I've not called, I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 19, 10 says, for the son of man came to find lost people and save them. And can I tell you, just like sick people, when they get a terminal illness, if there's a doctor in New York City, if there's a doctor in LA, if there's a doctor down in Houston, that they know can help them, that can treat them, They spare no expense to get into the presence of that physician because they know if I can get into the presence of that physician, man, he can make me better. Can I tell you, Foundation Church, we serve the great physician. Man, we serve the great physician that there's no life he can't change. There's no story he can't rewrite. There's no addict he can't set free. There's no hopeless person he can't deliver hope to. And our job has to be so laser focused on making Jesus famous in this place because lives are at stake and it's always about people. That's why loving people matters. That's why the next generation matters and that's why us making Jesus famous and being intentional and passionate, that's what really really matters, Foundation Church, and my whole, my heart, and something I want as us, as a, as a church, and as your pastor, is to live our lives for what really, truly
matters. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. Thank you for what you've done over the last 15 years. The lives that have been changed. The stories that have been rewritten. Thank you, God. And Lord, I pray today that as a church, we would live our lives for things that really matter. God, not for the things that are temporary, not for the things that all of society is running after, but Lord, I pray that we would have a heart for you, ears to hear and a heart to understand what you are calling us to run after and to live for. And Lord, we would live our lives for what really, truly matters. So Lord, I pray for that person that's dealing with unforgiveness today, that they're having a hard time loving people like they should. I'm praying for that person that's been hurt. I'm praying for that person that's been burned. I'm praying for that person that maybe they've just gotten lazy. Lord, we're not loving people like we should, then Lord, we're not living our lives in a way that truly matters. Let there be a change that happens today. God, I pray for us as a church that we wouldn't just talk about reaching the next generation, but we would truly take tangible steps in reaching the next generation, that we would not just pray about reaching the next generation, but we would put money and a pledge into reaching the next generation as we start this next campaign. And God, I pray that as a church, we would never become a collection of saints, but we would stay a hospital for the sick. God, that we would never become a country club atmosphere where you've got to look a certain way and act a certain way and have a certain income to belong. But Lord, anybody can come into this place and experience life change, no matter the color of their skins, no matter the, their opinions, no matter the politics, that Lord, we would put our relationship with Jesus in front of our politics, preferences, and opinions. Because Lord, that's what really matters. So Lord, move. And let us be the church you are calling Foundations Church to be. Because this is a we thing. So let us live our lives in a manner that truly matters. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.